You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 117, If Deadly Sins Had Babies, part two. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Hey, welcome back to talk more about deadly sins. Glad you glad you joined me. Uh, we're not done, are we? Hey, it's been a good week this week, and I appreciate the comments that I've received from you. And I know that a lot of people do struggle with these amazing seven de- seven deadly sins. Which, when you when you put them all together, you've got you got some problems going on in your life. And I think a lot of people are are hungry right now. And how do I deal with this? You know, how do I recognize these things in my life? There's so much going on in the news right now, and so much negativity, and and uh, you know political fighting and international intrigue and all that. And, and, and it's nice to be kept up to, up to speed as to what's going on. But in the meantime, we've got life, life to live, don't we? And we've got families to raise and school to get through, and, and uh, we've got to get through the working day. And we have to struggle with ourselves and realize that there's a battle going on in our life uh, between good and evil, heaven and hell, uh, darkness and light. And, and we want to get on with really making our heart a project in our lives. And, and last week, we looked at uh, three of the deadly sins. We looked at pride, anger, and we also looked at, at lust. And this week, we're going to try to get through the rest of them. And uh, there's a, a handout that I'm making available to you, which is a handout that I received from the 22nd Annual Men's Conference for the God Squad in uh, uh, St. Peter's uh, Parish in Calgary, Alberta. Father Jonathan Gibson did a great job of an examination of conscience and uh, handed out a chart, which I'm actually using as the basis for these two shows last week and this week, and I'm making it available to you. And I just want, want you to, to have full access to everything I'm talking about. I'm the delivery guy this week. Speaking of delivery, we've got some mail, and Judy from Texas wrote and said, I just wanted to say thank you for all you do. I enjoy your podcast every week. They really give me insight into how I can grow closer to the Lord. I especially enjoy your show notes with the biblical references. Blessings. Uh, Thank you, Judy. I appreciate that very much. Kent writes and says, I listen to numerous podcasts while driving and throughout, throughout my day. He said, I discovered your podcast recently, and it is now my favorite. Love to hear that, Kent. I appreciate the pastoral approach, challenging me to go deeper through scripture and practical spirituality. Our church is going through some rough times, and it is easy to feel discouraged, especially when many of the podcasts I hear are all about doom and gloom. Hearing your show was just what I needed. I also recently began Morning Lexio Divina. I'm so grateful. Just wanted to pass on some feedback and a note of appreciation for the ministry you do. That's from Kent. Kent, appreciate that very much. And uh, Josette writes, my name is Josette. She's from South Africa. Uh, I'm Catholic born and had many questions about my faith. Listening to your podcast has really helped me understand the church better and increased my faith. And uh, she goes on and asks a couple questions. I'll get back to you. But thank you, uh, Josette, for for writing in. If you would like to write in, you can do that by simply sending an email to me. And that email uh, would be uh, addressed to 
The Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. And as I say in every every show, if you want the show notes, which I have usually a lot of scriptures, and in this week it's a it's a nice handout on the deadly sins, you can get that free. Uh, it's in the show notes. And if you don't get the show notes, you can send me an email at the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. In the subject line, put I need the show notes, and we'll we'll put you on that list, and we'll give them to you uh, every single week. Hey, I'm going to tell you this on the beginning of the show, because this is a big deal. This is a big deal. We've got some big, big things happening in uh, 2020 in Israel. Emily and I are leading two, two, two for the, <laughs> two, two pilgrimages to Israel in January, two of them, first one and the second one. And you can get that information on my website. Uh, Jackie Francois Angel is going to be the cantor on the first trip, and Lisa Lacayo is going to be the cantor on the second trip. And then uh, Father Mike Schmitz, uh, who hails from deep, deep north Minnesota in Duluth, is going to join me as we go over to Israel in June of 2020. We call it 2020 Vision. It is a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, but it's only for young adults. And so I'm going to ask you as a young adult, get the word out, tweet it out. Instagram it out, Facebook it out, you know, Snapchat it out, get the information out because uh, we've got an incredible trip lined up for young adults in uh, in June of 2020. Uh, we have some uh, three uh, top Catholic singers who are going to be doing concerts and leading in mass, Ali Alia, uh, Taylor Tripodi, and Brother Isaiah, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. It's going to be the trip of a lifetime, but you got to be a young adult. You know, it's like 18 through 30. Uh, if you're just a little hair over, send me an email. Mm, beg a little. No, I'm, just tell me you'd like to come. We might try to work that out. But we got to get the word out because it's going to fill up so quick. And you can find all that at jeffcavens.com under pilgrimages. Well, let's look now at uh, the second episode here on if... Deadly sins had babies. Wouldn't that be awful? Well, I got to be honest with you. Some of them have in my life. I've noticed some of the babies of these deadly sins in my own life. Last week, we looked at pride, anger, and lust. And, uh, and this is part of a neat acronym called PALE GAS. PALE. That's, that's pride, anger, lust, envy, pale. And then gas is gluttony, avarice, and sloth. I didn't come up with this. I didn't come up with it. Father Jonathan Gibson did. I got to give him credit. Big shout out. Let's look at envy. Envy is one of the deadly sins, and I think envy envy is a killer. As the deadly sins are. That's why that's why we call them deadly sins. We don't call them um, hindrance sins. Uh, we don't call them um, bothering sins. We call them deadly, deadly. Because when we get involved in these deadly sins, it can it can kill our soul. So envy is one of them, and it's a feeling of being discontented or resentful, longing, longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or blessings. Envy is just plain yuck. You know what it is? It's yucky, and it's bad, and you don't get anything out of it. Uh, put it this way. If you want to understand if, uh, if uh, envy is, is part of your life, then you have to understand one of the children of envy. And one of the, the children of envy is that you are uh, very joyful when your neighbor experiences misfortune. You kind of, you know, that, that makes you kind of happy, you know, when someone else is really unhappy. That's a sign of 
envy. Or the real sign is one of the babies of envy, one of the children, one of the little brats, is that you are unhappy when somebody else in your life is blessed. You become unhappy. They win the lottery, it bums you out. They have children and they're doing well in high school and it makes you mad. You know, they paid off their home early and you're like, that's envy. Envy is such a killer. One of the babies of envy is hatred. That's an intense dislike. It's ill will towards someone. It's like, I hate them. And when they do even better, I hate them more. Well, that's envy. And envy can crop up in business. It can crop up in ministry. It can. It can crop up in uh, larger families where um, in the will, say mom and dad have died and all the siblings gather around and look in the will and find out that the third born got the table and, and everyone should be happy with, but they're not. They're angry. They're, they're, they're bummed about it, you know, envious. Hatred is one of those children. Another child of, of envy is a tail-bearing. It's malicious gossip. It's revealing secrets. You know, I heard about them. Uh, well, did you hear that so-and-so got a raise at work? Yeah, but did you know that, you know, we start gossiping, tail-bearing. And that is one of the, the children. Can you imagine being consumed by envy and then having all these brats running around, hatred, tail-bearing, and the rest? Oh man, give me a life. I don't want to I don't want to be surrounded by that all the time. Well, maybe you notice that in other people, but maybe other people notice that in you, in your tail bearing, in your gossip, revealing little secrets. One of the things I used to hear uh in church uh, is that people would suddenly find the, the confines of the church and spiritual work uh, a safe place to, to do spiritual gossiping. So they would come up and say, well, I know you won't say anything, and I trust that you'll pray about this, but did you know that Donna and Frank were fill-in-the-blank? Well, that's malicious gossip under the name of spirituality. Keep it to yourself. Detraction is one of the other children. It, it reduce or take away worth or value of a person or a thing. Yeah, if, you, if you're going to take away from someone else's value or you're going to reduce their um, uh, the value of their life or what they have received, that's detraction. And when you're involved in detraction, uh, that, that is a sign that you're struggling with envy. How about this child? Joy at our neighbor's misfortune. Joy at our neighbor's misfortune. I talked about that a little bit. Or the grief of others' prosperity. Those are the two big ones right there of the five kids of envy. Hatred, tail-bearing, detraction, joy at our neighbor's misfortune, grief of others' prosperity. And what this is, is this is an upside-down life. This is an upside-down church. For Jesus said that we should mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. But envy is all upside down. We rejoice with those who mourn, and we mourn with those who rejoice. That is just plain stupid. And we, if we're struggling with envy, we've got to get on top of it. How do we do it? Well, there's the virtue of admiration. Admiration, or you could uh, tie that to respect. Respect, right? Admiration, respect. Stop looking at the negative in other people's lives and start start giving a um, 
a good word. Look for the good. Ignore the temptation to uh, be a talebearer. Find the good in that person and lift that up. There's always something good that you can find about somebody else. And I'll tell you, I've noticed over the years in counseling and reading and writing and speaking that oftentimes when people struggle with envy, they're struggling with their relationship with the Lord. They don't feel that the Lord loves them. They don't feel that the Lord has their benefits in mind. They don't feel that the Lord's going to come through in the area of their finances or their health or the success of their children. And so their real battle is with the Lord. It's like that parable where uh, the Lord, the, the ruler of the, of the, uh, the vineyard he, or the, the garden, he decided that he was going to pay one guy, I'll make this up, but he's going to pay him $25 to come in at nine in the morning and work till five. And then another guy comes in at noon and he says, I'll give you $25. And another guy comes in at three, I'll give you $25. And the guy that came in early in the morning says, what the, what do you mean? You're paying them the same as me? And the answer to that was, do you question my generosity? See, your problem is not with your sister-in-law. Your, your problem is not with your brother. Your problem is not with your colleague at work. Your problem is with the Lord. Be happy. Be satisfied with what God gives you in your life and stop comparing yourself to others. The next one is gluttony. We're on to gas now, pale gas. Gas is gluttony, avarice, and sloth. Gluttony, what's that? Well, that's an excess of food, drink, or pleasure. Gluttony, glutton. Uh, boy, you know, as, I, as I look at this, I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, maybe I should pause because I think I might at times be struggling with some of these things, you know? Is it hard to say no to certain foods and things? Gluttony. Well, what are the, what are the children of gluttony that if you... you Maybe you're six foot tall, 175 pounds, and nobody would look at you and say, there's a glutton. Some of some people wear it a little bit differently, but others, you know, nobody would guess they're a glutton, but they may be a glutton just because they didn't gain weight doesn't mean that they are not a glutton. So what are some of the children that you might, you might recognize in your own life? Well, one of them is, is unseemly joy unseemly joy. It's improper or inappropriate. Uh, unseemly joy. There's, a, there's a, a, a holy joy about things and an unseemly joy about things, um, where it's almost like uh, this joy that we have is like, oh, I can't wait to get that food. I can't wait to, I can't wait to get there and have those drinks or whatever it is. That's one of the children of gluttony is unseemly joy. Another one is vulgarity vulgarity, and that is uh, lacking sophistication or good taste. It's just vulgar. You're vulgar, you know, and, uh, and that is a sign. That's a sign of, of gluttony, to be vulgar in our talk, to be vulgar in our actions. It is a sign that there is an excess in our lives. Another one, another one of the children of gluttony is uncleanness, uncleanness, and that's impure, unfit, right? Un, 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 impure, unfit, uncleanness. And that can be a sign of gluttony uh, in, in, in our lives. It's, a, it's always interesting to see at the beginning of the year how many people want to uh, make a New Year's resolution. 
and they want to get fit. They want to get in shape, and they are painfully aware that they are struggling with with gluttony, right, in their life. Now, there's another um, loquaciousness. That's a fancy word for you, huh? Me too. Loquaciousness. That's one of the other children. That's talking way too much. We could just rename that one verbal diarrhea. (laughs) Some of us have verbal diarrhea. You go to a party, you go uh, to some kind of social event, or you get on the phone, whatever it might be, and they can't stop talking. They just can't stop talking. That's actually a sign of gluttony. Uh, this an excess of food, drink, or, or pleasure is that they're they're just talking way too much. That's one of the children of gluttony, and then dullness of mind as it regards understanding. They just they there's the dullness there about wisdom and about insight, and they don't really get it. They are um, all caught up in food, drink, or pleasure, and they can't engage in meaningful reason in their life. And they have their mind on other things, and they are acting on their pleasures. These are some of the children of gluttony, five of them right there. So how do you deal with that? Well, asceticism. What's another word for asceticism that we can handle here in our discussion today? It is self-discipline. Self-discipline. And uh, I got to tell you, this is something that... um, we need so desperately in our lives. It's it's really self-discipline. It's, it's, it's the chart you're going to receive says an avoidance of all forms of indulgence, asceticism. How do we deal with guilt or, or gluttony rather? How do we deal with the with gluttony? We have to discipline ourselves. And we have that discipline uh, by virtue of the Holy Spirit given to us at baptism, confirmation. We do have that power of Christ within us to discipline ourselves in these areas. But if we don't act on that, it's very easy for us to give in uh, to excessive food, drink, or or pleasure in our in our lives. There's a, a, a wonderful little tool in Scripture in the Sermon on the Mount on the three forms of piety that help so much, you know, in this area. Uh, back in Genesis uh, chapter three, we talk about how the food, the fruit of the tree that that Eve was looking at was it was good to the eyes, it was good to the taste, it made one wise. And in First John, at the end of the Bible, we see the same thing, the same three problems: this lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives three forms of piety. You know, he he gives prayer, and uh, he gives fasting, right? He gives prayer and 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 fasting. They, and and when you read these these forms of piety, uh, it, it and almsgiving is the third one. I, I say I only give you two: almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. These three correspond with these. These these problems that we we have right lust of the uh, lust of the flesh we 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 fast don't we we fast when we do that and the pride of life we we pray and we begin to to uh, to totally depend um, upon the Lord and the pride you know the the lust of the eyes what do we do we we give it away almsgiving these are ways of combating these these issues dealing with gluttony in our lives and pride and so forth. Just threw that in for you right there. Um, and so a 
asceticism, self-discipline is the way we deal with gluttony in our lives. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go through the next uh, two, avarice and sloth, and then we'll be done with those seven deadly sins. Once again, we're talking about if deadly sins had babies, and we're going through a list of those children of these seven deadly sins. You are listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Hi, I'm Sonia Corbett, the Bible study evangelista. When I became Catholic, I had a really hard time understanding the role Mary was supposed to play in my life. So I went to her and I told her, I just don't get it. I need your help. And guess what? Mary did just that. She showed me a way to pray that has revolutionized my entire life. Mary has been called the mother of listening. She didn't just hear the word. She knew how to hear it in light of her own relationships, circumstances, and habits. And then she let the word transform her. I realized that I had to share what I was learning about Mary's way of praying with others. So I wrote How to Pray Like Mary, a step-by-step guide to discovering God's voice in the scriptures and letting Him transform your heart. I invite you to learn more about How to Pray Like Mary at ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. And welcome back. Uh, talking about if if the deadly sins had babies, what would they sound like? What would their names be? And we're going to go to our sixth out of seven, which is avarice now. Uh, we're going to look at that. And by the way, if you just um, uh, really start focusing on the show right now, we've got this wonderful chart available to you in the show notes. And um, so you don't have to pull over on the side of the road and write all these things down. Just listen, pray, ask the Lord, is this you? Are you experiencing the children, the babies of these seven deadly sins, the brats of these things that destroy our lives? Avarice is one of them. What is that? Well, avarice is an obsession with money or covetousness, wanting what other people have. What a terrible way to go through life, eh? That was for you Canadians. That's a terrible way to go through life is is to live in in avarice. It's this obsession with money, the love of money, which is the root of all evil, and this constant wanting. Now, I've, I've been there before. I'm not, you know, as I say all these things, I'm telling you right now, to a degree, I, I have dealt with all of these in my life. I just don't want them to take root. You know, I want, I want the, them to be rooted out of my life. So what are some of the brats of avarice? Well, number one is a little kid called treachery. That's deceptive. It's a betrayal of trust. If you're obsessed with money and covetousness and you want and you want and you want, then you may have some betrayal of trust going on in your life and deceptiveness. That little brat needs to be disciplined, huh? Treachery. Another one of the children is fraud. It's a wrongful or criminal deception. Willing to commit fraud, willing to do something illegal to obtain something that you want, something that you are coveting in your life. And you're willing to even risk jail time or to to taint or ruin your, the legend of your life, the, the, um, the name that you have built. So fraud is something that's one of the little children. Uh, you little fraud, you. <laughs> You're a child of avarice. I know you. And then the third one is falsehood. Falsehood. And that is a lie, simple lie or untruth. If you, are, if you have a proclivity toward lying or a kind of lying, uh, a little white lie, 
or simply avoiding the truth, that can be a sign that you are struggling with avarice in your life. Another is it deals with uh, something you 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 hear about uh, <laughs> you hear about it in the news all the time right now with politics perjury that little brat called perjury and that is a willingness to tell a lie after taking an oath it is using the the um, the strength of an oath to prop up a lie and to continue to pursue an obsession with money or covetous wanting of others others or something, right? You're willing to commit perjury. Well, our, our society doesn't take that too, too well. It's not too funny. In fact, you might find yourself in prison. And recently in the news, there's been a lot of people who were indicted um, and sat before a grand jury and lied and ended up in prison. And that's how serious we take this. And it's one of the little brats of avarice, right? Of avarice, covetousness, obsession, obsession with money. I think if we had a, had a discussion right now, you and I, and everybody that is, is joining us, we could have quite a discussion on this right now. Well, we don't want to be caught up in that. How about another one of the little kids? One of the, one of the children of avarice is restlessness, anxiety restlessness. I can never find a place of peace. I can never be settled. I I cannot find this balance in my life. There's just a, a desire for an obsession and I've got to get ahead in my 401k and I'll never find this, this peace and this equilibrium in my life. It's a restlessness that we are struggling with and that can be related to avarice. And then uh, another one of the children here, there's uh, seven children of, of avarice. The next one is violence. Behavior involving physical force intended to hurt, damage, or kill someone or something, destroy something. Uh, so violence can rise up as a child of avarice, and it can manifest in itself in very, very detrimental ways, uh, very injurious ways, and uh, very uh, sad ways criminally and legally and relationship-wise. So violence is, is something where if you, if you can't get the money you want or you can't get what you want, violence can oftentimes come up. And that's one of the little brats of avarice. And then the last little one is insensibility for mercy. Insensibility for mercy. All of a sudden, there you are. And everyone's talking about somebody who got caught, somebody whose life has been destroyed, and that little that little rat runs into the room and is insensible from when it comes to mercy. Well, that's a child of avarice. It's a lack of concern or compassion for the plight of others. If you're obsessed with money, if there's a covetousness in your life, then your 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 sensibility concerning mercy in other people's lives is going to diminish greatly. And we don't need that, do we? We don't need that. Well, what is the solution? What is the virtue for uh, dealing with these brats of avarice? It's generosity. That's right. I mentioned it just a moment ago. Sermon on the Mount in Sermon on the Mount calls it almsgiving. If you got a problem with this stuff, don't just resist it. You're not going to get very far with just this inner <laughs> strength and heroic virtue of your own. You are going to have to do something about it. And Jesus says what it is. It is what? Almsgiving. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Quality of being kind and generous. If you're struggling with an obsession with money, 
step up your giving. If you're struggling with the covetousness of things, divest yourself of them. This is how we deal with it. And only you know for sure if you're dealing with this. And the final one is sloth. Sloth. What is sloth? Oh, that's an aversion to seeking the spiritual disciplines, prayer, Bible study, church attendance, going to a holy hour, praying the rosary, getting to church early. Sloth. Sounds like an animal. Sloth, aversion to seeking the spiritual disciplines. What are some of the children? Well, there's five of them, five brats of sloth that you might see hanging around once in a while. Maybe maybe some of them you say, well, I haven't really seen that, but there's a couple of them that popped up in my life, and I'd like to, I'd like to recognize this for what it really is, and that's sloth. One of them is, is malice, the intention or desire to do evil. Okay, malice. You got malice on your heart, and you have this intention to do evil, and that—that's a dangerous thing. Uh, that's a very dangerous thing. Another one of the children of sloth is spite. Spite. What is spite? Well, spite is when we desire to hurt or annoy or offend, and uh, spite is kind of getting back uh, at at somebody, and that is. That's very dangerous, and that's, that is a, a child of sloth, which is an aversion to seeking the spiritual disciplines and seeking the, the truth. There's another little child of sloth, and that's faint-heartedness. Faint-heartedness, that's lacking courage, timid. How many times have you been in a meeting or some kind of situation where um, it got really tense, and you knew that the topic that was being discussed needed somebody to courageously address the issue in love and charity and in truth, and you didn't do it. You didn't do it. And on the way home, you told your spouse, you said, oh, man, I should have said something. I should have done something. Or think of another situation in your life where you know what you should do and you don't. Remember in the Mass, we say, you know, forgive us for what we have done and what we have failed to do. Faint-heartedness, a timid little child, is a child of sloth. And then sluggishness with regard to living the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are so important in our lives, and we can measure our life by those on a daily basis every time we go to confession. But if there's a sluggishness with regard to those Ten Commandments, we may be part of that seventh deadly sin called sloth. And so we need to deal with that. And then the last one, which this is the one that I'm, I mean, I'm not confessing to you, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying this is one that I find myself uh, struggling with. This little kid comes around once in a while, this this son of sloth. <laughs> and that is a wandering of the mind after unlawful things. How often do we think about unlawful things Maybe even in church, huh? Maybe even in church, but we're driving, we're, we're laying down at the end of the day, uh, we're taking a walk around one of these wonderful lakes in Minnesota, and, uh, and there's a wandering of the mind after unlawful things. That's a sign that uh, this little child of yours might have a father called sloth or a mother called sloth. So how do we deal with sloth? How do we deal with it? Well, zeal. 
zeal. And what is zeal? Great. It is great energy or enthusiasm for the things of God. We are zealous. We, our hearts are set on the right. Our hearts are set on courage. Our hearts are set on doing, doing things that are holy. And we're going to move ourselves in that direction. There's going to be a zeal in our life. And the zeal of the Lord will compel us to not be a sloth, but to to not walk in malice, not walk in, in spite, not, not be timid and, and lack courage, but to demonstrate courage and to be um, proactive in the things that God has called us to do. So those are, the seven, those are the seven deadly sins. Remember the acronym, PALE GAS. PALE is pride, anger, lust, and envy. GAS is gluttony, avarice, and sloth. Now, the, the ways we deal with that, pride is dealt with that by humility. Anger is dealt with by forgiveness. Lust, by chastity. Envy, by admiration or respect. Gluttony, by asceticism. That's discipline. Avarice, generosity, sloth, zeal. Now, what I really, really recommend to you to do in the last uh, you know, few seconds, a few minutes we have here together today is if you notice one of these, these seven deadly sins cropping up in your life, evidenced by the brats that they've had. These, these, these little children, the babies of, this, of the seven deadly sins, I encourage you with all of my heart to go to confession. And I'm going to put in the show notes a, um, an outline for going to confession, also provided by Father Jonathan Gibson. If you ever go to Calgary, by the way, you got to go to St. Peter's great church. And uh, quite a few times uh, we've had the, uh, the Alberta Men's Conference there. Great place. But anyway, I'm going to put this in the, in the show notes, going to confession. And it has uh, three major steps about beginning your confession uh, and then uh, actually confessing. How do you actually confess these sins and uh, listening to the words of the priest, how to end confession, and then what do you do after confession in, uh, in uh, response to uh, dealing with these seven deadly sins. So I got a lot of goodies waiting for you in the show notes this week. I'll tell you what, it's a gold mine. And um, I called uh, Sean Lynn right before the, the show, and I said, is it okay to use this? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, I want to give, you know, kudos to Father Jonathan because he did a great job. And, uh, and I've been studying it myself. So I want you to benefit from it and to grow in holiness. All right. Again, my friend, uh, you can get a hold of me at the Jeff Caven show at ascensionpress.com for the show notes, ideas, uh, your thoughts. I do encourage you to go to iTunes and uh, Google Play and rank the show, leave some show notes. It helps in the ag al uh, algorithm. Uh, we have been reading some of the emails of people who said they went and were searching on the web for a particular topic, and they got this show, and it changed their life. And that's not me. That's the Lord, you, and me all working together. And I appreciate you doing that. So I'd ask you, if you have not done that, please go there and, and, uh, and rank the show. Uh, I'm partial to five stars. I'm kidding. Rank the show the way you see fit and any comments that you can give. And I would love to hear from you. Let me pray for you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Lord, I love you. And I thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity to walk with you in your kingdom. Lord, we struggle so often with pride and anger and lust and envy. We struggle, Lord, with an excess of love for food and pleasure, with gluttony and 
avarice and sloth. But Lord, we want to deal with these things. Help us, O oh God, to recognize the signs, the babies of these, these seven deadly sins, and give us the courage to walk in virtue day after day after day after day, Lord, until we are on top of this and we walk more like you, talk more like you, live more like you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. My friend, I love you and I'm praying for you and I do hope you have an outstanding day. God bless you.